Welcome back, folks, to the Mailwright Show. This is episode 194. It's going to be a conversation between me and my great co-host, Robert Newman. We're going to be talking about processes and why they're really important if you're going to build up a real real estate business. Um, Robert's abroad. He's our foreign correspondent for the next couple of weeks. He's actually... I don't, I'm not going to embarrass him. He's in Spain. He's in Barcelona. He's roughing it, folks. I'm not jealous, obviously. I'm not jealous at all. Uh, um, Robert, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? I'd love to. My name is Robert Newman. I'm the founder of uh, Inbound REM, uh, which is... um, Well, it's a blog that teaches real estate agents how to market themselves online, uh, but also uh, it's turned into a service company that also builds websites and uh, generates leads for you. Um, So that's that's who I am. And John's right. I'm in Spain. I'm in Barcelona. I'm having a great time and taking advantage of the fact that I, I work. I've built a totally distributed company is the tech word for it. It's fantastic. And I'm the founder and CEO of MailRight. And what is MailRight, folks? Basically, we're a um, platform that generates leads for you and keeps in contact with those leads. So when they're ready to buy or sell, they contact you. And um, you can try the MailRight system for $1 for 14 days. And you can also book a demo, which I normally do, which I'm more than happy to show you all through the system. And you can make your own judgment if it's worth signing up for, but I'm sure you will do. So, Robert, um, systems and why you thought this was, and I agreed, why this was a great topic. You want to start off what we're going to be discussing? I'd love to. So we had a, a guest on the show um, about two or three weeks ago, Hart, Lars um, Hindenburg, I think it was. And I might be, I'm probably getting his last name wrong, but I'm not getting his last name wrong. I butchered it, so... <laughs> oh, okay. But he was, he was a broker who was talking about how over the, the years that he had in business that, that he was trying to be more efficient with the systems that he was building and how he had gotten to a place where he, pay, he was paying himself like $17,000 an hour. And he was talking about, about the concept of working one day a week on his real estate business. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that are probably going, that sounds impossible. That sounds like a dream. And the funny thing is, is that, there isn't actually a lot of difference between building a distributed technology company that's focused on real estate marketing than building a real estate company brokerage or being an agent and trying to build a brokerage or being an agent and trying to improve your quality of life. As an example, uh, one of the complaints I hear about real from real estate professionals on a very consistent basis is how they're always out running around working their real estate business. And one of the the solutions to not doing that is creating systems. And what do I mean by systems and why would you, why would you create a system? So let's, let's, let's dig into that for a second before we talk about like the, the details. So a system is this. So let's just say that part of your, your job 
right now as a real estate agent is you're going on um, your your you're going on caravans. You're viewing a lot of homes. Okay, as as a single example, let's just say that's something that you're doing. All right. Or let's say that uh, you've got a digital lead system in place and you're getting 50 or 100 leads a day, all right? And you've got to call those leads in order to qualify them and, and make a sale. There's a lot of things that is involved in anybody's day-to-day -day career like yours and mine, John. You and I are both still at this moment doing the sales for our individual companies. But guess what? A system would be replacing ourselves, taking a task that we don't necessarily, that, that we think could be better for ourselves and our long-term goals, and then turning a system, so taking something and organizing it in such a way that somebody else can step into the task without a huge degree of lost efficiency, and then you and I could step back and take on another task. And if we kept doing that, kept replacing ourselves in each thing that we did, eventually, we'd be at the stop, top of a stack of a lot of people doing all the things that we didn't necessarily want to do ourselves and taking a percentage of the profit. It's the concept of building a business. And honestly, I've used this concept my entire sales career, not just as a business owner, but as a sales executive. An example of a system that I've oftentimes placed into my sales roles is every time there's a task like cold calling or qualifying leads, um, I usually hire and train an assistant, oftentimes out of my own pocket, in order to let somebody else do that task so that I myself can focus on tasks that have a higher profit margin, such as just being on the phone, talking to people um, that might actually buy something from me, as opposed to me qualifying a lead and then talking on the phone. Does that make sense so far? Oh, totally. Okay. So the reason that you do systems is like my, my number one reason for ever approaching systems and learning systems and applying systems is usually quality of life. That's it. That's my number one reason for all those people that are listening. I, I just want to explain that if you're looking at the measurement of the exchange of time for money, and you don't feel like you're getting great value. In other words, maybe you have a lot of money or maybe you have enough, but you don't have any time. You're not seeing your family enough. You're not getting to go on, you know, go to Barcelona, whatever it is that you want to do. You're not doing that. That would be because you don't have systems in place to allow you to do those things. So you have to kind of decide what's the most important thing to you. And if you decide that there's any type of quality conversation that's coming up within that internal dialogue, it's time for you to talk about systems. It's time for you to listen to this podcast or listen to other podcasts and see how you can implement systems, basically taking lower value tasks off your plate and getting people that you can pay to do those tasks that would be happy to do them, but would do them for far less than what you do them. One of the things that Lars talked about, and then I'm going to move on, is he talked about the concept of understanding how much money he's personally worth per hour. Okay. That's, he talked about it in our interview three separate times. And why did he do that? Because to understand what the value of a system is, you have to understand what your core inherent value is to your business. My core inherent value is nowhere near $17,000 yet. I'm at about $250, $300 an hour. 
is where I'm at right now. That's about how much my time is worth in my business. So anything that makes less than two or $350 an hour is not something I should be doing. If I can pay an accountant to do $50 worth of accounting work, guess what? I should pay that person 300 and whatever amount of money. And then I should stick to the tasks, basically selling that pay me the higher dollar value. Does that make sense, John? Of course. Yep. Okay. All right. Just, just making, I, I mean, you, you're the audience for the, for the fucking purpose of this call. I'm sorry. Excuse me, everybody. My bad. We, we don't promise a PG show as far as I know. So we do. We do. <laughs> Okay. All right. We try. We try and keep it semi-clean, and we do a good job. But we don't guarantee cleaners in every episode, folks. Excellent. So we're not child-friendly, in other words, totally. Right. So here's an exercise for our audience, guys. The first thing that you should do is you should take whatever you made last year, estimate. This doesn't have to be accurate. Estimate how many hours you think you worked. So 40 hours a week times whatever three thousand hours a month a year. Break that down into an hourly amount, and that's your hourly amount. And then you take a look at your tasks. What really made you the money? Was it running from point A to B to inspect the home? Was that what made you your money? Or was it interfacing with a client and putting the paperwork in front of them or looking at a house and saying, this is the house you really want, isn't it? You know, closing, what, however, however you want to describe what you feel like your top money-making activity is. In my opinion, for most real estate agents, it's probably physically going to the home with their clients and selling the homes. For agents, for brokers, it's getting more of their agents into that situation. Or for a really, really proactive agent, it's allowing buyers agents that work for them to take the lower value appointments while they take the higher value appointments. Can I say something? Sure. Um, I think. Um certain group of people are going to be listening to this and they're thinking i'm i'm nowhere near this position so why is this of interest to me because i'm struggling to get a certain level of leads and turning them into commission checks um this this conversation that robert and jonathan's having doesn't affect me at the present moment and you're wrong folks i'm sorry to say you're wrong and i just want to quickly say why i feel you're wrong and see if robert agrees because a lot of um if you hire a marketing system like mel riot or real geeks or easy agent pro or um, you get a system like what robert markets and you start whatever the system you get um, either it's Perfini, um, doesn't matter what system you buy into, but you start generating reasonably um, level of leads, which you've got to follow through. And then some of those leads actually turn, actually sign you, and you're actually having homes that you're selling. The Without systems, the situation can quickly turn into mayhem and it can quickly turn into burnout. And so many agents, it's feast or mayhem. It's either they're running around trying to get leads or they've got too many bloody leads and their quality of service, the satisfaction, their ability to get referrals from existing clients deteriorates and how do you deal with this vicious situation is through processes 
Would you agree, Robert? I absolutely would. So, so you you jumped into it. Let's let's take the brand new agent. Okay, the brand new agent, somebody who's never made a sale in their life. All right, and and yeah, they're listening to the show, going, "Oh, this stuff doesn't help me. This does just doesn't." What would a process be for a brand new agent? Processes are not actually as complicated as people think. You know what your process is when you start when you start real estate, when you never sold a piece of real estate ever before in your life. Your your first process is a professional, in my opinion, just my opinion, is a professional sales kit. What do I mean by professional sales kit? Start off with Mike Ferry, or so I, I personally think Mike's better at the basics than Tom, but whatever, Tom or Mike Ferry. And a lot of these guys that are pro, these old school pros, you can get free scripts off their, their websites. Um, so this is a zero investment recommendation. So you take one of Mike Ferry's very favorite methods of selling, and that's calling the expired listings. He's got 101 scripts. I'm not making this up. He's got like 101 for free that you can get grab from him. So your first process is understanding where you're going to go to find your clients. That's step number one. And then step number two is making a schedule. Like when, when it, so I have them, I have who I'm going to, when I'm going to go, going to go to them. And then what am I, what am I going to say? So are you door knocking? Are you calling somebody? And if you are calling somebody, then you have your scripts and you know what? You're probably going to fail. All processes take time, but that's your first process right there. It's who do you call? What do you call them with? And when do you call them? That's it. It's a process. That's a process. That's process number one. And then when you've been doing that for 90 to 120 days, I promise you that you're going to get pretty good at understanding what an objection is. And guess what? If you've gotten lucky and made your first couple of sales off that first process, what would you do that would, would apply to our earlier part of our conversation? You'd make another process to let somebody replace the parts of that that are probably not the most efficient, such as the cold calling to the prospective client on the FSBO list. Why? Because after 90 days, you probably understand what people say typically. And now that you have your list of objections and what people are saying inside your local marketplace, you go to Upwork, which is a service that has contractors. And for 3 to $5 an hour, you hire a flawlessly English-speaking Filipino representative who then – and then you create your scripts that you know work because you've been using them for 90 days yourself. You hand those off to that person and, and you say, I am only looking for you to find the people that are interested. In other words, that they want to possibly relist their home because the person that did it the first time didn't do a very good job at it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to slightly interrupt there, but you, I know sure. what, I know what you're going to say to what I'm just about to say to you. You're going to say, okay. "Well, I, I've I've got Filipinos of a certain quality at the price I mentioned," but my right. ex, my my experience is that you will be able to obtain a fluent speaking Filipino um, personal assistant of a certain quality level at a certain hourly rate that you would not be able to get by employing a domestic individual. 
But my experience, that rate is more around 15 to $20 an hour rather than the $3 an hour. But you're going to say that you did get that, aren't you? So you're going to say that I'm... I did. <laughs> no, I did. But, but I, w- I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ever disseminate. I think that the reason that, that I don't find it all that difficult to do is I know exactly what I'm looking for. And in the case that you and I are describing this person might not know exactly what they're looking for. And so I'm going to say that 15 to $20 an hour is the equivalent of 50 to a hundred dollars an hour here. So if you're hiring somebody from that, that amount of money in the Philippines, that's really top wages. And you should like it in my opinion only there, there is a time and a place where that kind of money would be justified. And that would be, okay, I have no experience. I've never done this thing that Robert and Jonathan are talking about. I have no idea what I'm doing. And for 15 or $20 an hour, I have found a person that used to personally assist a real estate agent here in the state. I think you're totally right there. And I just want to quantify it. The reason why we're having this, not a disagreement, but it's, um, I don't know how to put it. But um, Because Robert's got an enormous amount of experience hiring offshore, and I've got a certain amount of experience as well. And you learn the hard way. The reason why I brought in that, let's say between 10 and 15, because what Robert just said is totally correct. Around you, for that price, folks, you should get, be able to get somebody that's extremely experienced, that really doesn't need an enormous amount of supervision. They actually should be able to do things um, with, you know, you're going to have to tell them what you require and provide the tools that lets them do the job. But they should have at a level where you don't have to give them an enormous amount of supervision. And the reason why that's important, because you're starting off, you don't really fundamentally 100% know know what you're doing. So that's why I think it's better to employ somebody and pay them a bit more. But even at that rate, you will get a much better individual than you would get domestically at that rate. Um, not always, but it just depends on various factors, doesn't it, Robert? It does indeed. I think we're going to go for a break. We're going to go for a break, folks, and we come back. I'm going to late. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. I said, I said we're late. You, you use yourself spot on. You, you let it go too long. No, I think we're in the right thing. I might be a little bit early, actually. Let's go. All right. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Coming back, we're talking about processes. If you're in the beginning of your real estate career, in the middle or further on, processes are the name of the game, aren't they, Robert? Over they to you. absolutely are. They they absolutely are. So we've talked about we've talked about set, like setting up processes. So I want to share a dirty little secret. After doing four years of my distributed web-based company, which which I'm very blessed, it's it's growing at almost 100% per year and has been for a little bit. We're, we're, I've been very, very lucky. But here's the thing, that I now prefer not to be sitting in an office with somebody most of the time. And why is that? 
because I have found that the inclination for people who don't just have a task list in front of them along with recorded tutorials is to socialize and to gap. And my, my per personal uh, like opinion is I'd much prefer just to hand off some videos to them teaching them the task then and let them text me questions then sit in a room with them and have to go through all the dialogue. Now there's, there's exceptions to this, of course, like really high level people that I'm training a personal assistant. Maybe you might want to be in the room. But for the most part, I think that not being present with somebody is even better than being present with them. And part of the reason that I think that, which is what I want to get into next is because of the tools that are available to make this all happen for us. And I just want to cover some of the tools that I personally use in order to create processes. I use them every day and every single other digital agency that I know uses them. Every, a lot of the more successful real estate brokers that I know use them. I'm going to share my screen if that's okay with you. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan and um, um, here we go. The first tool um, with that, just not, I just don't want to take too much time. I'm just going to dive right into it is uh, Google, Google spreadsheets. All right. So Google spreadsheets are hosted up in the cloud. They're like Excel, except they're not on your computer. Anybody can access these spreadsheets from anywhere in the world. All right. You can just stick them up in the cloud and then somebody can come in here and log in. What we're looking at right now is the spreadsheet that me and my team use the vast majority of the time. It's, it's my task tutorials. So what is that? What is that? It is, we name the task. Okay. And then we've recorded using another tool called Screencast-O-Matic. Now there's many tools that fall into this particular category. I personally have never found anything nearly as good as the Google tools that come with your average email account. But um, in terms of screen recording, stuff. I think there's many, many, many out there. I know, John, you prefer Zoom. I do Screencast-O-Matic. There's, there's, there's another one called Loom. Where it comes to the actual cloud-based office utility programs that Robert are talking about, um, but fundamentally, I would say now with, um, with um, Google's equivalent of Excel, Word, um, their tools have almost 95% of the functionality of Word. The other one that a lot of people use is Zoho, um, Z-O-H-O. They have a suite of the office tools that are very extensive as well. But they're the two leading, but with Google and with Google Drive as well, you've got a very powerful tool there, haven't you, Robert? You do indeed. And here's the funny thing. So this, what we're looking at is what's called a pre-website pre launch checklist. This goes through every single task that we do before we actually even put a website into production. It's just a list here. And then there is literally a video connected to each one of these items that goes through the entire list. So for some reason, I hire a new resource and it's time for them to do, let's say, reviewing sales departments, intake notes, and sales calls. There's a video on how to do that. So now they understand what they're supposed to be reviewing for. And then the next tax is the wireframe URL creation, which my developer hasn't yet created a, a video for, because I don't do this, but anyway, that's missing. But next is notating the received intake. And then if you look at the bottom here, you'll see that there is 
how do I order products? Again, there's, <laughs> there's a video from every single one of these things. And this includes, by the way, just tasking out stuff to resources. So if I say this is the task and it needs to go to X, Y, and Z, which is a project manager task. That's somebody that is talking to the client and getting the website built. They now need to go to a resource to, let's say, get an image added to the site. Every single one of the things that we do is here. Every single one. No exceptions. Same thing with post-launch. We have um, a few that are missing, but we have most of them done. Development, that's again on my developer, so it's not there. Content development, not filled out yet. Client how-tos and tutorials, we haven't really added to this completely, but you guys get the point. There is a complete step-by-step -step process for the most part in here. In, in my Google spreadsheet. And the funny thing is, is that we use spreadsheets in every single step. Some of these videos just reference you on how to build a spreadsheet to do the task and then you go on to the next task. But basically step-by-step step, in most of my processes, there's a little, this is how you do A, this is how you do B, this is how you do C. And the same thing can be said of the real estate brokerage process. If you're on the phone, talking to clients and your objective is to one of these days hire somebody to qualify your calls, you know what the most powerful thing you can do is record your call, which is easy to do with digital tools. HubSpot does it automatically. So does LionDesk. They record your calls for you. So all you do is you save two or three calls where you got everything right, which eventually you will. You save them, you dump them into a spreadsheet. And now guess what? You've got a training system, a process in place for training your Filipino resource when you have whatever the amount of money is to get that person to do the task for you. You put it to a spreadsheet like this, you cover whatever objections or whatever things you put a couple notes into as to what the tutorial covers and bang, you're off to the races. The same I'm thing. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to say this to you and see if you agree with this. Um, sure. When obviously a lot of areas, and especially if you're beginning or let's say you're a year into being a, a real estate agent professional, um, the brokerage that you join. Now, in most areas, you're going to have to join a brokerage because to be a, um, to be an agent, you're going to have to have a brokerage, right? Sure. Now, a yeah. lot of people join a brokerage because either a friend recommended them to Pacific Brokerage or they go to the brokerage, they see some the principal of the brokerage or the uh, office manager or the, the individual in the brokerage that deals with new agents, right? And they get the spill. They get the spill that we offer you all these resources, we train you, blah, 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 right? Being I'm English and being that I'm cynical, uh, <laughs> um, I, I would say that most of that will be spilled. But what should you be looking at? Funny enough, you should be looking at the quality of the internal um, processes, why, how they deal. They will be dealing with the paperwork um, all the, and the increasing amount of paperwork in the purchase of sell of a home. You should be trying to find um, a brokerage that has really good processes that don't make a lot of mistakes, right? Um, that's right. what, because the sales side of it, the sales spill, they, they're not going to, their, um, their processes, their marketing, in my experience, but 
doesn't apply to everybody, I've been a bit sweeping and controversial here, isn't going to be that great. Um, it's going to be down to you to listen to podcasts like what me and Robert are doing and talking to people and educating yourself. That's going to be the determinant element of you being successful in sales. You ain't going to get that for your brokerage. And then you should then be... I'm going to end with that bit. I was going to go on, but I'm going to stop now. What did you think of that bit, Robert? Um, I think, as I just messaged you, that we need to do a whole show on it. That's how strongly I feel about it. I think that um, what tools the digital broker, like brokerages say that they have versus what they give you is always vastly different, especially as a new agent. Um, I think that 90% uh, of the time I'm on the phone with a new agent, the story that I'm getting is the same. I got this beautiful pitch and then I came onto the brokerage and my manager kind of patted me on the ass and said, you know, here's a couple books for you to read, go out and sell shit. And that isn't what you need if you're a brand new agent. You need somebody who's got a full, full toolkit. And while I know this is also going to be equally controversial, um, the, the, I don't think they do a perfect job by any stretch of the imagination, but like Keller Williams is a good place for new, new agents who have no sales experience to hang their hat because they have a very large toolkit in order to that, that even if you're local, I think they're called a managing partner or managing director or something like that. Keller Williams has their own language about the roles inside the brokerage, but whatever the, the word is, even if that person doesn't train you, Keller Williams themselves, the larger organization has materials at least you could find. There's new brokerages like EXP and Compass are two of the hottest that everybody's talking about. And for the most part, in my experience, those brokerages aren't quite at the level of training a brand new agent that some of the more established brokerages are. And so if you go there, you're going to be probably a little disappointed if you have no sales experience and no real estate experience is it would, it's just a guess. And if, it, if you guys are listening to the show and you have some stuff you'd like to share, please go to our Facebook page or go to John's website and drop some comments because we love that. I, I, yeah. I'm not actually speaking. I'm, I'm making some, some large leaps here based on conversations that I've had but it, but I could be wrong, and I'd love for you to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so any, anyway, um, that's my thought there. To circle back around, just the last couple of things about the toolkit, about tools that you use. So Screencast-O-Matic is, is how I record things on the screen. HubSpot is a free tool that I use to record my phone calls. It's a CRM. It's, it's a kind of advanced tool for most real estate agents, but it's free. So you could use it if you just were going for free. There's nobody in the real estate space right now that I know of that has completely free accounts that last forever, which HubSpot does. Same thing with MailChimp. They will allow you to have a free account up until the point you get 2,000 subscribers. And honestly, I'm not even at 2,000 subscribers. So usually you can get a free like MailChimp account for years before you actually have to pay for it. Um, so these are some free tools that you can help and Google spreadsheets, also free. I love free if we're going to talk about the new agent. I love free. Every time I get on the phone, I talk to a new agent, and they're like, should I spend $10 on this? Should I spend $15 on this? I'm like, no, fuck no. Save your, I mean, you're on commission only. 
for God's sakes, keep that money in your pocket. You're going to need it. Top Ramen is going to be your best friend soon enough. Trust me. Well, you're going to have to. Oh. You really do have to keep the cost down because you know um, this is this is going to take six months to a year for things. You know, if you're really dedicated in it, if if you really want to become full time and you're relying, it's not. It's not an easy road, and most fail. But most fail because they don't realise it's going to take six to a year to get any kind of consistent commission checks, don't they, Robert? Absolutely, couldn't agree with that more. I may not know real estate, but I've been a commission-only salesperson for thirty-five years. I, I've usually insisted on commission-only structures because I know what I'm doing. And when I take on a new sales career anywhere I've ever worked. I always plan on not really getting a consistent check for 90 to 160 days and I know what I'm doing and have plenty of experience and oftentimes part of my deal is getting leads and, and stuff like that and, and even with all of that, you make the assumption that you're just going to have to learn something new and it's going to take a while, which could include closing deals that go south on you because I've had that happen when I've taken on new sales roles. Like you get the business and then you lose it because you didn't know whatever you didn't know. So uh, I just want to give this, um, before we wrap up, I just want to give this conversation I, I had. I won't name the agent, but it's an experienced agent that moved to the Reno area about four to five years ago. This is a person, the individual that had almost over 25 years experience in other areas and had been successful. So they moved to the Reno area. Now, the Reno, Lake Tahoe, Truckee areas, folks, um, first thing, they're quite isolated. Um, the nearest major metropolitan area is going to be the Sacramento area. And it's about, um, depending on how crazy a driver you are, it's going to be two and a half to over three hours drive over a mountain range to get to that metropolitan area the next area is las vegas and that's almost an eight hour drive in a different direction right so the reno lake tahoe um truckee is quite isolated and it's also hot it's also a very hot area where it comes to competition and commission checks it is an extremely competitive hot area because a lot of wealthy people move to Lake Tahoe and to Truckee, right? From the Bay Area. Right. Or they buy secondary properties or third properties, right? Now, she knew what she was doing. It's taken her literally, um, she got a few sales the first year and a few more the second. She's really doing fantastic now, but it's taken her literally three and a half years I personally think she's done. She could have accelerated that much quicker, but she uses very person-related. Um, I would cl classify as semi-old-fashioned um, reputation building mythologies, and they take time. But she's yeah. really doing well. So uh, the reason why I introduced this is that even somebody that's really experienced that enters a really new hot market. If they haven't really built out a marketing strategy and really looked at how they're going to penetrate a new market, it's going to be a, 
a bit of a slog, isn't it, Robert? It really is. It really is. And and there's no there's no there's also no anybody who's an experienced salesperson knows the following. When you're building up your pipeline, you're you're building relationships and 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 even people that want to do business with you are oftentimes not prepared to do so at the time that you strike up a relationship with you and you go into their file of somebody I'm gonna do business with eventually. In my experience, that file starts to come to fruition about a year and a half to two years into a thing. Like my business right now at the beginning of this year, I did like three new accounts off people I talked to a year and a half previous when I started the business and they just weren't ready. And I'm still talking to two this very month that talked to me a year and a half, two years ago. And, and they're finally ready right now. It just takes, it takes time. It just takes there and there's no replacing it. Not everybody, even the people that, that want to do business with you are going to be ready to do so at the time you originally speak to them. Well, I would say the bulk of them. Yeah, no, true. I'm yeah, true. I'm 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 agreeing with your point. Yeah, yeah the bulk of them. So let's wrap up this show. Um, I think we're probably going to have to do another show on this. As usual, I think we've only touched the surface, but I think we've offered some real honest advice and some real insights here, Robert, which we normally do. And I, I think by our listening and viewing figures last year, last year, last month was our biggest month ever for this show. And I want to thank all the new listeners and viewers that joined us. So Robert, how can people find out more about you, your company, your views and what you're up to? Well, um, before I move into that, um, for those people that are listening right now and, and, uh, I don't know about John, but but my mission is to actually educate. It's I, I like making the money and the service side of my company. It was a, a means to an end for me. It was just to build up uh, a revenue base so I can do what I really want to do, which is, by the way, guys, is share this kind of information with a profession that, in my opinion, oftentimes doesn't get very good advice. And so here's what I'm going to ask our audience. If any of you, any of you at all, whether you're a new agent, an old agent, a broker, and you're listening to the show right now, and you work in an office of agents that, like yourself, you think might need some help, please share the show with them. We, I'm, I'm not doing this show personally to get you to call me. I am actually doing this show to educate you and to, to help you advance your career. And I know you might be competing with some of the people, which is one of the frustrating things about real estate. But hey, if you know a guy across town that you're not competing with, share the show with him, please, because we're here to help. Uh, in terms of if you do want to find me, if for some reason you want to you want to find uh, like an SEO-based real estate website service provider that with a website you can own, then you'll want to check out my website, inboundrem.com. Um, but I also have lots of articles on systems and things like that there that I've reviewed, that I've, that I've talked about. I've got 70 videos on YouTube, literally like 100 hours of content. Please check it out. It, it should help you. And what, what I also would like to do is, um, listeners, if you're an um, agent and you're getting traction but you are looking for some advice, if you're prepared to come on the show and be interviewed, well, I'm like once a month I would like to do a special where we have an agent and me and Robert look at their website, their marketing, you know, their processes and... Um, give some advice to that agent really during the show, which would be help to the actual listeners and viewers of the show, because I think that would give some real insights and people would know it's for real as well. So if you're up for that, 
either contact me or Robert and we'll get you on the show and we're trying to help you. That would be fantastic. We're going to wrap up this show, folks. We'll be back next week with either another internal discussion between me and my foreign correspondent, Robert, (laughs) or um, or we'll have another great guest. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 